Hello, and welcome back to BioNexus Health Podcast, um, Autism Uprooted. Actually, it's not, not about just autism today, but uh, many of you have written me to speak a little bit about PAMS, which is a pediatric autoimmune neurological syndrome. It used to be called PANDAS, Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorder Associated with Strep. Later on, uh, ongoing research showed us that it wasn't just streptococcus that was causing the symptoms, but it could be a variety of uh, triggers that could initiate the same autoimmune response. So let's, um, I'm going to illustrate a little bit as well. So let's go ahead and uh, take a look at what is PANS. Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, who holds a PhD in integrative medicine, is board certified in integrative pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw. All right. I will be sharing my screen with you. So let me go ahead and do that. And this way, you know, there is going to be uh, slides and diagrams. Additionally, I'll be sharing some labs with you as well. So we'll, we'll have uh, a good discussion. We'll go back and forth and feel free once again to send me any um, additional questions you would like me to cover. All right. All right. Let's go. Let me start with sharing the screen. Give me one moment, please. Now, let me just follow the graphic for you. So understanding PANS and autism connection. Now, the human brain has a very important part called as the basal ganglia. And healthy basal ganglia are responsible for motor control and other important functions as motor learning, executive functions, behaviors, and emotions. Uh, the basal ganglia has uh, many different nuclei in that region and with vast and deep connections to many, many areas in the brain. So it's a very important part of the human brain. What happens is pathogens, that can be bacteria, viruses, fungi, mycotoxins, et cetera. They invade and infect the person. It's not just the child, but since we are speaking pediatric, let's go with child. Uh, they invade and infect the child, right? Meaning you get an infection. Now, some molecules on the pathogens, on these invaders, they are similar, almost identical to the molecules found in the child's brain, like in the basal ganglia in the brain. That would be one example. You know, we know that strep can affect the heart as well. That is another autoimmune issue. You know, we know that um, arthritis can be autoimmune uh, as well, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. You know, this is called as friendly fire, the, the body's own immune system attacking cells in the same body. So attacking self. Now, why does this happen? There can be numerous uh, reasons. There could be immune suppression, 
immune compromise, or there could be an unknown reason why the antibodies get confused. Now we know that children with autism, uh, research has shown us that immunity is compromised. And we also know that when there are underlying bacteria and viruses, for example, Lyme disease and co-infection bacteria, they are capable of suppressing the adaptive immune system, right? It is your adaptive immune system that produces the antibodies. And when the adaptive immune system is uh, compromised, then you can be at a high risk for immune dysfunction. And autoimmunity is one such immune dysfunction. So um, what happens is, as you can see here, these the red, the big red dots that you see on the pathogens, the bacteria or the viruses. I mean, I'd, I'd rather say pathogens or invaders or the bad guys because there can be uh, various types, right? So the bad guys have these big red molecules. Now these big red molecules appear similar or even same to the molecules in the basal ganglia. So what happens? The host, meaning the person, the child, produces antibodies. Now these antibodies that recognize the invading pathogen, all right? So understand this, that the antibodies recognize the invading pathogen. However, some of them get confused. So while the antibodies generated by the child's immune system attack and kill the bad guys, but many get confused. Now, when they get confused, what happens? Where do they go? What do they do? What can they do now? Antibodies, human antibodies are very powerful. Okay, now, sorry, let's go to the next slide. Sometimes it goes too fast. All right, so this is the next slide, right? So the confused antibodies, unable to correctly distinguish the basal ganglia from the pathogen, from the bad guys, they end up attacking the basal ganglia cells instead. This is friendly fire autoimmunity, where because it is the child's own antibodies attacking the child's own brain, it is, they are now termed as autoantibodies attacking self. They attack the structures in the basal ganglia. Now, what happens? And you can see here the antibodies, you know, some of them killing off the bacteria. I mean, again, bacteria ages <laughs> go, sorry, the pathogens or the bad guys. And there are uh, some that go to the basal ganglia. And when I say some, it's in the thousands. Uh, the basal ganglia are obviously compromised inflamed, damaged, and causes neuropsychiatric and other symptoms involving fine motor, gross motor, emotional control, 
behavioral control, obsessive compulsive disorder, sensory issues, oppositional uh, defiance, aggression, irritability, eating disorders, motor tics, vocal tics, motor and vocal tics, you know, like eye blinking, uh, vocal tics, making uh, vocal sounds continuously. Now, these can often erroneously be termed as stims that, oh, you know, th this child is autistic and stimming is one of the common symptoms of autism. So it can be kind of swept under that autism rug if the clinician evaluating is not familiar or with PANS. Now, many symptoms mimic symptoms of autism spectrum disorders and can be misdiagnosed as such. And when I say misdiagnosed, and I don't mean the entire autism is misdiagnosed, I'm saying that the symptoms that are associated with PANS can be misdiagnosed. I mean, you know, it is certainly possible for, now let me come back on full screen, right? It's, it's, it's important to understand this, that one child can have a couple diagnoses. So children diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder can also be comorbid concurrently be diagnosed with PANS, right? Simply because they have that pathology, that mechanism exists. Um, in my practice, and I've explained to you guys this, um, you know, many times at your individual appointments as well, that we don't know what percentage of symptoms can be attributed to PANS or biotoxin illness or mold exposure or Lyme disease. Now, Lyme disease, biotoxin illness, mold exposure, these can all be triggers of PANS as well. Okay. Now, it is difficult to ascertain what percentage of symptoms can be, sorry, <clears throat> what percentage of symptoms can be attributed to uh, basic autism and what percentage can be attributed to PANS, all right? Now, once we investigate, this is why investigation is so important. Once we investigate and we come up with a beautiful, customized, individualized plan for each child based on what the investigation finds, right? The evaluation, the, the labs, um, and based on that, PANS can be treated. Now, PANS can be put into remission. And yes, in my practice at BioNexus, what we do is in a completely natural plant-based manner. So once PANS is put into remission, many symptoms that we ascertained can be attributed to PANS versus autism, those symptoms are alleviated, they're, they're gone. And we'll, we'll talk about symptoms next. All right, let me go back to sharing. PANS and autism symptoms overlap. As you can see, vocal and oral tics, obsessions, obsession compulsions, irritability, hyperactivity, mood disorders, anxiety, bedwetting, aggression, rage, handwriting issues, fine motor issues, emotional issues, emotional ability, uh, behavioral 
regression to a much younger age. Anorexia can even happen. Extreme picky eating. Difficulty concentrating, sleep disturbances, sensory abnormalities. Many of you autism parents will be able to relate to this, right? I'm one myself. I can certainly relate. All right, next slide. So pans, pandas. I already explained the difference to you early on. How is it, you know, let's look at a mild case, moderate case, and a severe extreme case. Let's look at, you know, how it's diagnosed. Obviously, lab work is involved, but symptom-wise, right, clinically, um, experiencing obsessions and compulsions, you know, rituals. The child has to do something or it will result in a complete meltdown, right? Now, I have, uh, just recently, I can recall, just to give you one brief example, is um, the child is improving definitely on the, the BioNexus Herbal Protocol and has uh, words, like we, we started using the speech blend uh, and words were, you know, it was beautiful. The, the entire speech blend and the associated blends protocol has been working really well uh, for children. And the words, the words started to flow now, since this was something new, obviously, it's going to take the child a while to figure out, you know, how to use these, the, the new tools that the child now has, right? So the words. Now, um, what happened was mom reported that the child kept asking the same question over and over and over again, in spite of receiving answers. So mom had to repeat the same answer or come up with another answer. Pretty much mom had to respond in some fashion. Otherwise, the child, there would be a huge meltdown. I mean, literally like throwing toys, uh, hurting mom. And it, it just became a really difficult situation. Upon evaluation, the child's younger brother was who is uh, neurotypical, recently came back home with strep from school. So that was the exposure and that is what caused the, the tremendous flare up, the, the pans flare in this child. So we were able to address that of course. And you know, since, since it is autoimmune, uh, it takes a while to go into remission. It can take up, up anywhere from four to six weeks to go into remission after each exposure. So anyways, um, I'll, I'll touch back on that again briefly, but let's, let's talk about this now, right? So experiencing obsessions and compulsions, experiencing eating restrictions, severe picky eating, mild to severe picky eating, experiencing motor and or vocal tics, anxiety or separation anxiety, emotional lability and or mood disorder like depression, irritability, aggression, and or severe oppositional behaviors. Behavioral regression, developmentally speaking, you know, a nine-year-old child will behave like a five-year-old or even younger sometimes. 
depending on how advanced the condition is. Sudden deterioration in school performance, right? A dramatic handwriting changes, decline in remembering how, how to write letters, difficulty in, um, uh, in math. Now, this is for the high functioning child, right? Oftentimes I'll hear reports where, um, you know, everything is going well, just like with the child I just uh, described to you earlier, you know, speech is improving, language, focus, concentration, academic performance was improving. And then all of a sudden you see these, um, the, a, a dramatic decline. That in itself should give you a clue that we are looking at re-exposure. All right, uh, motor and sensory abnormalities, somatic signs and symptoms, including sleep disturbances and uresis, um, meaning bedwetting at night and your, <clears throat> sorry, um, urinary frequency. Children, uh, children who don't drink a lot of water. Please forgive me, I'm having a little bit of um, post-nasal drip issues. It's uh, pretty heavy duty allergy season going on here in the US. So, <clears throat> all right. Now, um, urinary frequency. Being, uh, being able to understand urinary frequency is important. You know, sometimes we say, oh, my child drinks a lot of water. Sure, but that doesn't mean that the water comes out the other end right away. Right. Oftentimes, children with pants will have uh, will need to pee every 20 minutes, every hour. And that is a symptom. Now, if it's a mild case, symptoms are significant and cause disruptions at home and at school. They occupy a, a couple hours a day. In a moderate case, symptoms are distressing and interfere. With daily activities, they occupy 50 to 70% of waking hours. Now, severe extreme cases, symptoms can be incapacitating, life-threatening, and occupy almost 100% of waking hours, right? Extreme picky eating, refusal to eat. Um, I've had a couple children that needed to go on, on a G-tube because of a severe pants episode. So, and unfortunately, yes, the gastroenterologists were not familiar with the, with the condition known as pans. All right, let's go to the next slide, see what we have. Oh, actually, that is the last slide. All right, now um, I'm gonna stop share, come back on again. What I'm going to do now is uh, we'll look at a couple labs real quickly to, to explain how this process works, to see, to show you what we see in labs as well, you know, when it comes to pants. Um, additionally, one important thing to remember, folks, is when there is re-exposure, it is going to take a while because these are antibodies. Antibodies have a half-life. Often that can be four to six weeks. Now, when we uh, have the child on 
a beautiful herbal protocol that doesn't shorten the half-life of the antibodies. The half-life is still going to be the same. Okay. However, managing the symptoms, getting rid of the triggers, one or more triggers that caused the re-exposure and the pants flare, that becomes a whole lot easier. Modulation of the immune system as well. So sure, you know, uh, we, we will go into uh, remission a whole lot sooner because uh, we, have, we have the herbal protocol at our disposal. So anytime a child is going through a pants flare, remember it, it is going to take a few weeks to calm down and remember to keep up with the herbal protocol, right? If you feel, <clears throat> if you feel um, challenged, by what you're seeing. And some of the PANS behaviors can be tremendously challenging, right? For a, a, a parent who is used to, uh, used to autism signs and symptoms, even autism parents find it uh, challenging to understand and go through a PANS flare. Feel free to reach out. You know, I do have those uh, brief appointments that, that we can squeeze you right in between appointments. You don't have to wait for your uh, regularly scheduled appointment. Or another option is to listen to this podcast. Right? And I, I have a, a exposure podcast as well that can be helpful to you. Then I have a, a podcast that tackles die-off that can be helpful to you as well. Now, while I'm here, let me just touch base. You know, uh, If you're seeing new symptoms, that is usually re-exposure. If you are seeing a ramp up of existing symptoms, let's say when you came to Bionexus and your, you know, just one of the symptoms that your child had was, um, what would be an easy one? Let's say uh, eye blinking and as well as visual stims, right? Sideways glancing, etc. Now, <clears throat> when you're experiencing a die-off response, eye blinking and visual stimming is what is going to get worse. And that will happen within a couple of hours after taking the herbals, which is a great thing. That means that we are on the right track. And, and that usually subsides pretty quickly in a couple of days, especially when you use the uh, mitigating protocol, right? I've, I've given you the compensation protocol when there is die-off response. Again, I have uh, a few podcasts on die-off that, uh, that you can listen to, educate yourself and help yourselves. Now, when there is re-exposure, um, Mild picky eating can go to extreme picky eating. There can be self-harming behaviors. There can be severe aggression that comes into play. So this is uh, not a die-off response. These are new symptoms that you are seeing for your child. So while the symptoms may be new for your child, they still fall under the symptoms list of PANS or biotoxin illness, okay? Or Lyme disease for that matter, you know, depending on what the exposure was. So keep your head on, be patient, 
by all means, visit your GPs or pediatricians since I'm not, uh, I'm not primary care, I'm your specialist. So be, you know, um, be diligent, feel free to visit your local doctors, do any strep testing or any other uh, lab testing. Blood test usually works very well and it's available in most countries, I mean, almost all countries around the world. Um, see what the issue is, see what, what is causing the pants flare. So you, you will understand and then you, know, you can speak with me and we can maybe add um, some herbs or just modify the, um, the protocol to be able to expedite recovery. All right, so now let's, I'm gonna go back to sharing and let's take a look at some labs. All right, so you can see here, a uh, child born in 2018, it's oftentimes mind boggling to see <clears throat> the amount of inflammation that exists, you know, and uh, it is out of the scope of this protocol, this uh, podcast today, but I will do another podcast to explain the, the, the genetics involved. I will do another, the, another podcast to explain the in utero transfer, right? Now, I mean, you know, often people will scratch their heads like, oh my goodness, how is it possible? that a child so young has all of these issues in the brain, right? You can see uh, viruses, demyelination antigens, anti-myelin protein issues, all right? The myelin is what helps our nerves conduct impulses super fast. And um, I, I have a little photograph, uh, photograph diagrammatic representation of this. I, I will show that to you. You know, it's, it's another illustration of autoimmunity. It involves that myelin sheath, but I found that online and I'll, I'll go into that in a bit. So as you can see, uh, all of these uh, antibodies, brain autoimmunity, brain inflammation, anti-dopamine 1 receptor antibodies, dopamine 2 receptor antibodies, GABA receptor antibodies. So there is a lot of autoimmunity going on in this, uh, in this child, additional infections as well, right? Now let's look at the next one. All right, uh, male child born in 2015, Blood-brain barrier disruption, infection, once again, demyelination antigens. Blood-brain barrier disruption, antimicroglia. Microglia are the immune cells that patrol the brain. All right. So these two children are um, very severe cases. The first one we saw was, was, you know, younger. They are severe and similar, but different age groups. Now let's look at this one. All right, this one is uh, 2013 born. And this is actually a post. I mean, uh, this child has been on treatment for... I would say, let's say, I think 18, 19 months. And this is the first time that, I mean, the, the beginning 
symptomatic, uh, the beginning symptom picture, the child was very symptomatic and would say moderate. I wouldn't say severe pants. I would say moderate pants. But at, at that time, you know, uh, the lab was cost prohibitive and the family couldn't run this lab. But now we were able to run the lab. And we can see that we are still looking at a small amount of uh, issues going on, you know, some um, viral infections, brain inflammation. And uh, obviously, when you have a lab like this, it is certainly an easier task to put the the autoimmunity into remission and see if I can find that myelin diagram. Uh, before that, speaking of remission, right? understand that this is an autoimmune issue. Many of us autism parents get very focused on symptoms, right? Oh my God, I'm, I'm going out socially. It's really embarrassing. You know, um, my, uh, my additional family members, keep giving us the look, like, you know, it's almost like I can't control my child. My child doesn't behave in, in a social situation. Uh, I absolutely need to control this hyperactivity. You know, it's getting beyond embarrassing. It's, it's, this is the emotions that, that we go through, right? You know, uh, what will people say? What will family say? What, you know, is, is this reflecting on my parenting skills? Um, it is very hard being an autism parent. You, you just feel like you're under the microscope all the time. But remember, what comes first is health. Autism doesn't come before health. Overall, general health, understanding and teasing out all of the comorbid issues, the medical issues that are happening with your child is far more important than trying to, you know, uh, fix the autism symptoms. A quick fix doesn't really help anyone. You can slap on as many band-aids as you like, you know, um, with uh, pharmaceuticals or invasive treatments. Sure, you know, it helps in the in the in the short run. You know, helps to buy you a few weeks of. Um, even a few months of a little bit of relief from the symptoms and a little bit of relief from prying eyes, right? But in the long run, understand that uh, all living organisms reproduce, bacteria, viruses, et cetera, parasites. And uh, while you're busy slapping on the Band-Aid and not treating the underlying symptoms for fear of die-off with the herbals, remember that that the underlying infections will grow like all living things do so it's important to do both it's important to find that um, that middle ground to help our children the best all right so let me um oh wait actually yeah the point i was trying to make is autoimmunity doesn't have a cure but plant-based and there are many other methods, but what we do here is uh, plant-based treatments. We can certainly put the person in remission. I have seen children diagnosed with PANS at a very young age. And as they grow up and grow to be adults, uh, you will see flare-ups. A PANS flare does, you know, a condition 
An autoimmune condition like PANS doesn't go away. Crohn's, colitis, PANS, arthritis, uh, diabetes, you know, these are conditions that can be managed. So, you know, oftentimes, you know, uh, is, is it better to have autism or is it better to have PANS? Well, obviously PANS because it's very manageable. With herbals, autism is manageable as well. And remember what I said in the beginning, um, labs will help us ascertain what is the percentage of true autism symptoms and symptoms that can be attributed to everything that I spoke about today. So let me see, let me go to, yep, it's right there. Um, this is the dilemma of the antibody. All right, so this is your neuron, this is your a nerve fiber that's going all the way down, down the body to the muscle. This is an example. Now, let me see. Thank you to Creative Med Doses. And uh, I believe it says the credit also goes to Priyanga Singh. So thank you very much for helping educate my clients. But this was just so fantastic. So this explains the same principle that I explained to you earlier. But this, you know... Um, explains it in the context of myelin. Since we saw the labs, we saw the anti-myelin antibodies, right? So, you know, and, and uh, another thing is, it's important to understand the autoimmunity pattern of each individual. Many PANS children have, have a similar pattern. That is why it falls under that category. You may have seen the labs I showed earlier, the child from 2018 and 2015 had quite a few similarities, but that's where it becomes diagnostic at that point, right? Because it falls under the, the, the PANS umbrella. All right. So this is the myelin sheath. Um, you know, this is smooth and fast nerve conduction. The messages are going uh, from the brain to the body in a, in a very fast and efficient manner, thanks to the myelin. Now, as you can see, the myelin sheath has these pink circles. And, uh, you know, as proteins in the myelin sheath. And on, on the right, you can see the pathogen, the bad guy, right, also has the pink uh, antigens, right? The, the pink proteins on the body, oftentimes really smart bacteria like strep and Lyme will intentionally cover themselves, you know, uh, with similar looking proteins trying to escape from the immune system. Oftentimes they will develop and uh, envelope themselves in biofilm right, mucousy biofilm to hide from the immune system, to hide from the antibodies. Now, this is the antibody, confused antibody like we, we saw before, and it is an autoantibody because of what it's going to do. So what does the antibody say? Uh-oh, both have pink antigens. Should I follow my gut feelings and kill both of them? Because remember, this needs to be done in a super fast manner. As soon as the antibody comes up and, you know, uh, it, 
it sees the pathogen or the bad guy. The, the getting rid of the pathogen business needs to be fast. That is the nature of the antibody so that, you know, it gives relief to the body pretty quickly. But now when there is confusion and here we have the bad guy is happy, right? Oh, what a dumb antibody. Confused, gullible, easily duped, just like their manufacturer, meaning us, meaning our, our kids, right? So the, the, the bad guys are happy that the antibody, you know, uh, will attack the organs instead of the bad guy. But what they don't know, now looking to the next photograph on the right, the antibody unfortunately goes and attacks the myelin sheath. And the myelin sheath is like, get off me, you're destroying precious nerve conducting essentials, the myelin. And at the same time, the antibody also goes and attacks the pathogen, okay? Because there's the confusion and the antibody doesn't want to take any chances. It's friendly fire because the confused antibody thinks that it's actually helping the host. So I, I found this to be ironically funny, but a, a good illustration of the, uh, the anti-myelin antibodies. You know, there is a condition that is known as the, uh, the, the it's known as GBS or the Guillain-Barre syndrome. And that is where this kind of autoimmunity, you know, where the autoantibodies against the myelin sheath come into play as well. I've seen one child in my practice in the last 10 years diagnosed with GBS or, you know, Guillain-Barre syndrome and um, received IVIG one after another, steroids one after another, which is, you know, similar to the uh, conventional treatment that they have out there. Obviously, um, it, very helpful, but often Band-Aids and um, the child recovered really well on the, um, on the herbal protocol. Um, there was a previous podcast where you would have seen that, you know, um, children that are unable to walk properly, having episodes of uh, lower extremity weakness and uh, major incoordination issues with the lower extremity, not able to walk like, you know, I had a very similar issue with my son as well, as many of you know, they do really well. This child, you must have seen in the videos, you know, huge difficulty climbing up the stairs on all fours. And then um, a few months later is outside with his brother playing soccer. So that, that, that was so inspirational. I'm, I'm um, really happy that mom was able to share that with us. All right, good. So I hope this explains PANS, you know, uh, in depth. And thank you for joining me. I will see you all once again at the next episode of the BioNexus podcast. Until then, take good care. Namaste. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jody A. Dashaw, Director of the BioNexus Health Clinic and BioNexus Herbals, on the BioNexus Health Podcast 
where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, mast cell activation syndrome, PANS, and more. Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information visit bionexushealth.com. Information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugs. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.